0: welcome to the R. Jackson Home Podcast. This week, I am joined by Dr. Lana Hamilton. Uh, she is the new president of Jackson State, and you've been here since
1: since January the tenth, January the tenth. So,
0: so welcome to West Tennessee, the flatter, less uh, pretty part of Tennessee. But because uh, you're because you're from East Tennessee, right?
1: That's exactly right, and actually northeast Tennessee. Northeast
0: Tennessee. Now, so uh, not Knoxville.
1: No, 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 no. I'm about another hour, hour and a half. Uh, East of Knoxville. Okay. So I have literally moved from the mountains to the flatlands. Yes,
0: absolutely. Um, and so, are you? Have you? Were you there from your entire life? Is that where you're? Yes. Born and born? Uh,
1: basically, I was born and raised in Northeast Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Basically, lived within a hundred mile radius mm-hmm. uh, of Northeast Tennessee. And this opportunity came open, presented itself, and like I always like to say, a, a door opened, and I stepped through the door. And mm-hmm. then another door opened, and I stepped through that door. And so I arrived here in January.
0: And uh, you're a doctor, so what's your Ph.D. in?
1: Okay. Well, my background, my uh, bachelor's and master's degree uh, are in biology, Mm -hmm. biological sciences. So I came up through the sciences, the pre-med track. And then basically went to work uh, at a community college, one of the Tennessee Board of Regents Community College. Mm-hmm. And then with time... Northeastern? Yes, Northeast State Community mm-hmm. College. There are 13 community colleges within the Tennessee Board of Regents. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jackson State is one of the 13, and Northeast State is one of the 13. Mm-hmm. So I began my career there in 1991 as an adjunct faculty member. And so with time and with experiences, I decided to go back and work on my doctorate. Mm-hmm. And that doctorate was focused on educational leadership uh, with a specific emphasis on community colleges and student persistence to graduation.
0: Gotcha. So I don't know that it's very often that a college president came from a biology department.
1: Not that I know of. Um i I just i guess i was fortunate like i said i began as a faculty as an Mm -hmm. adjunct faculty and then in 1992 a position came open at northeast and i applied and so i began my work as a full-time faculty Mm -hmm. basically worked for many years as a faculty uh, navigating the ranks from instructor uh, assistant associate navigating the tenure process um, I had some mentors and I had some uh, supervisors that, that really gave me some additional responsibilities oh,
0: yeah um, mentors are uh, you know you, you can't undervalue a mentor no
1: no now at the time I, I was thinking oh this is just another task or this mm-hmm. is just another job but I loved those tasks and, mm-hmm. and many of those were organizational types of tasks uh, managing projects uh, leading committees, mm-hmm. and so that really led me into uh, administrative roles.
0: Did you grow up wanting to be in education?
1: No, no, not at all. So what
0: was it that, that when you started biology, you're like, I'm going to go teach this, or what were you wanting to do?
1: Well, I uh, uh, after I graduated with my bachelor's degree, I worked in a business and industry for a couple of years mm-hmm. and returned to work on my master's. In yeah. biology biological gotcha. sciences and I was a graduate teaching assistant so mm-hmm. I was fortunate to receive an assistantship and to fulfill that assistantship was a teaching assignment mm-hmm. and I loved it okay. uh, it was like after the first week I was hooked on teaching yeah. I love those aha moments uh-huh. of teaching students uh, biology mm-hmm. and so really from that moment on I thought well, at some point in my life when I finished my degree uh, I want to have some role in education mm-hmm. uh, and then things just sort of progressed and uh, I applied the last semester I was in graduate school mm-hmm. to Northeast State and I began there in August.
0: So you were teaching in community college you're probably working with a lot of students may, may not know their major yet or yes. what they're wanting to study at least that's what I was like when I well, I knew what I wanted to study but everybody around me at my community college <laughs> didn't know so a lot of people have a hard time teaching underclassmen, but you seem to really thrive with that.
1: Yes, yes. Well, because I think uh, you know those those basic subjects, whether it's biology, whether it's humanities, English writing, speech, those are fundamental. What I call general education classes, and what's mm-hmm. known as general education yeah. classes, uh, those have a purpose regardless of what your major is. So I really was intrigued with. With thinking okay this student may not be a science major mm-hmm. uh, but what can that student leave my classroom with that will help him or her uh, in their life
0: yeah absolutely and so did, did you have us did you t- t- teach a lot of different types of biology classes or was there just one or two uh, no
1: actually I taught several I taught uh, majors and non-majors biology 1 and 2 mm-hmm. and then human anatomy and physiology Um, I taught some uh, ecology classes, uh, classes that dealt with uh, what we call special topics classes, uh, where we can focus on specific subjects, and that may be environmental chemistry. Mm -hmm. That could be uh, the plants and animals Mm -hmm. of the Southern Appalachian Mountains. uh, You know, those types of special topics
0: courses. What was your favorite one to teach?
1: I loved teaching just the basic Biology Mm -hmm. to non majors, but I also loved teaching anatomy and physiology as Mm -hmm. well. I guess for many reasons, I had several favorites because it depended upon the audience. For the non major, I loved the non majors biology. Mm -hmm. Uh, For the health major, it was the anatomy and physiology, Mm -hmm. Um, and then of course I loved the um, the outdoor the the field classes because. One of my hobbies is hiking, and okay. I love to hike and yeah. bike, and so I loved getting out uh, outdoors, and obviously being in the Southern Appalachian Mountains. Yeah, the Appalachian Trail is right there. Have, have you
0: done the Appalachian Trail? No,
1: I have done segments oh, okay. in sec- or I should say sections uh-huh. of the Appalachian Trail, uh, but not
0: the whole thing. not the
1: entire well
0: table. very few people have done the whole thing right? that's, that's exactly right you have to have a decent amount of money good health and a long period of time that you don't have to be anywhere <laughs> yes and
1: somehow i never found that gap between graduate school and you have to go to work
0: <laughs> yeah that's uh that's a uh, i will that's a, like bucket list things to try to do but yes i don't know that i'll ever find the time to do that <laughs> um so you you you're loving teaching Yes. You've started picking up some of these administrative-type tasks. Um, I, I had Dr. – If you, you may get – well, he's moving to Canada, but Dr. Guthrie, uh, a professor at Union, he was a Christian studies professor, became the dean, realized that he wanted to teach, and he missed it. And he, he stepped down from the dean to be a teacher because he loved teaching so much. You really love teaching. You started getting these tasks. What is it that you decided, I'm going to pursue this – this direction instead of the teaching element
1: well at the time um, in, in northeast state really be added the the transfer component when mm-hmm. you look at the history of that college in 1990 so i came in 91 to be part of that transformation uh from technical and then we added the transfer component
0: okay so so to help, just to make sure i'm understanding it was it was more of a, a a school where you could go get career skills
1: yes the technical yes and, and now it
0: became like More probably what we more understand as community college. That's exactly right, a
1: a comprehensive community college. Gotcha, okay. So I began my faculty work and started gaining those uh, additional responsibilities Mm -hmm. and tasks, and I really loved those. And Mm -hmm. so the next, I guess, progression point for me was I was asked to uh, lead uh, and to bring up the science division. The college had grown, and so we needed to divide our academic divisions, and so I was asked if I would be interested in serving as the division chair and now the dean Mm -hmm. of the science division and so i saw that as an opportunity Mm -hmm. i saw it as an opportunity for me to help the faculty the science faculty and to help grow that department yeah so i was still able to teach Uh because a part of that responsibility was still remaining in the classroom and then i had the opportunity to to really i guess sort of um I don't know, perfect, uh, improve upon my yeah. administrative skills. And uh, it turns out
0: that you're pretty good at that. Well, <laughs> it, it was sort
1: of like a once-in-a-lifetime offer that, yeah. um, you know, we were growing as a school, and there needed to be a division specific mm-hmm. for sciences. And so, um, of course, I was honored to be asked to uh, assume that responsibility.
0: Yeah and uh, and so that is was that the last thing that you were doing before or no
1: actually from an academic dean in 2008 um, the two um, the vice president for academic affairs became ill became sick oh. and so the president at that time uh, asked if I would be willing to, to step in to the mm-hmm. VP for academic affairs role just short term uh, until the the person could return Mm -hmm. and so that was in July of 08. Okay. And she was never able to return Mm -hmm. to that position and so I remained in that position until January the 9th 2017. Wow. So my last role uh, at Northeast State Mm -hmm. was the Vice President for Academic Affairs. Okay
0: Um, and do you still miss teaching or do you get to teach any
1: well, I do not teach now. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, when I first assumed the role as the VP for Academic Affairs, mm-hmm. I still held on to one class. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what happened, my schedule changed very quickly Mm -hmm. uh, and I traveled quite a bit with that position and so I I soon found that I was not really being fair to the students because Mm -hmm. I was not always available uh, as a faculty member would be Mm -hmm. Uh, so I I eventually left the classroom uh, not in heart but but physically uh, just due to the time demands of my new role absolutely
0: and you said you like to hike and outdoors yeah. have you had the chance to hike since you've been here
1: well I have um, I've had the opportunity to uh, go to real foot lake okay. and I've been to Pinson Mounds mm-hmm. uh, I've been up to Paris to the fish fry yeah and ate fish yeah. just until oh my word I was just <laughs> full yeah. um, I do want to go to Shiloh mm-hmm. and then just some of the various state parks whether it's Natchez Trace or yeah. the Chickasaw State Park so I have had the opportunity
0: uh, to get out yeah. and
1: sort of experience Jackson. One of the things I've tried to also do is is also to experience other aspects of Jackson other than like the what I call the nature, the the state parks. Yeah. Uh, so Saturday I went down to the farmers market. Classic. So, but I did not buy a donut. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I haven't
0: had so people are going to judge me for this, but I have not had one yet either. Okay. I'm afraid if I eat one that I will not be able to help myself every time I'm there and so yes. it's just not it's too risky for it's me. just
1: it's too much of a risk yeah <laughs> Been to uh, several places downtown, uh, like the community cafe. Wonderful place. And uh, and then I've also tried to visit the four year institution. So Mm -hmm. last Friday, I was on the University of Memphis Lambeth campus. Mm -hmm. Dr. Reddick provided a tour. Yeah. And so I want to, I have been on the Union University campus, Mm -hmm. but not, I guess, for an official tour, but I've been there for meetings and uh, want to visit Lane and, of course, Mm -hmm. the TCAT at Jackson. Yeah. Uh, and just sort of trying to to not only get to know Jackson State, the mm-hmm. internal campus, but also the community as well. Yeah. Uh, whether it's the, the community, our external partners, mm-hmm. uh, like Dr. Reddick.
0: Yeah, well that's really awesome. So let's head into the break and we'll come back and talk okay. about becoming the president and, okay. and what that's like. So, okay. so between the Tennessee and Mississippi rivers, this is our Jackson home. And we're back with our Jackson home. I'm here with Dr. Lana Hamilton. She's the president, the new president at Jackson State. And uh, Dr. Hamilton, uh, how, uh, how does one become the president of Jackson State?
1: Okay. Well, obviously, uh, there are certain criteria uh, as part of the application process. But the Tennessee Board of Regents, which is the governing body, mm-hmm. uh, basically um, provided opportunities for uh, provided a search opportunity, a job search for the presidency, Mm -hmm. so I applied uh, based upon you know really my educational attainment, 25 years of experience, Mm -hmm. Um, and then I came for an on-site interview to Mm -hmm. meet with a group, the search committee, Mm -hmm. last fall semester. Um, Then I came back to actually meet uh, the campus. Mm -hmm. Uh, There were four of us selected for an on-site group. Uh, the search committee, in partnership with the chancellor of the Tennessee Board of Regents, as well as the college and the community, uh, extended an offer in December, and uh, I was fortunate to receive that offer, yeah. and, and I accepted, uh, and so I came. I was able to come in January. So.
0: And and uh, So what? What do you? What is your role as the president? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, the the president of the college is the uh, administrator in charge, is the Mm -hmm. chief executive officer of the campus, Mm -hmm. and is responsible for all campus uh, functions, whether it's on campus or at the off-campus centers. Mm -hmm. So the range can can vary from uh, responsibility over academics, academic programs, student support services, the finances, the fiscal responsibility of the college, Mm -hmm. human resources, uh, we also have the advancement perspective uh, from a foundation mm-hmm. perspective. Yeah,
0: which is a newer element. I feel like at yes, State.
1: yes. And the foundation is actually a separate component of the college, mm-hmm. uh, but still, with that, a part of that is working with the foundation and obviously institutional advancement, mm-hmm. uh, fundraising, uh, improving relationships between mm-hmm. the college and the community. Yeah.
0: Um, So what does that look like because that's a lot of different things it it is busy
1: it is busy and and i I will say this i think probably the first five months of my schedule may look a little bit different this next five months because Mm -hmm. when i first arrived at jackson state I wanted to, to learn the college, and I wanted to learn what the community said about the college. Mm-hmm. And so I called this, I guess, this piece of, of my learning, listening to learn. Yeah. So, so I conducted focus groups both inside the college and outside the college. And so that's a, that's a piece that I will continue in the future, but really the, la- the first three months was really spent listening to the people Mm -hmm. um, you know what are the positives Mm -hmm. what are you proud of Mm -hmm. Uh, what are some opportunities that the college may have and then I also talked about what are some of your concerns and fears that you have today Mm -hmm. Um, so basically took all that information and compiled it and uh, more of a qualitative approach Mm -hmm. to to gathering information and then also spent time reviewing documents like strategic planning uh, facilities uh, information, budget information, just really getting to learn the college. Yeah. Uh, so that as we move forward, then I, I feel like I know the college. Yeah.
0: Because you came in on a blank slate. Yes. Know, uh, yes. And, and Dr. Blanding had been here for a long time.
1: He had been here 14, 15 years. And
0: so you're losing a lot of institutional not like uh, insta- institutional knowledge or. Um,
1: you're exactly right. Institutional in- knowledge.
0: Inbuilt knowledge that. That you know, people don't usually think to write down. Yes. Um, and so that's I mean, uh, that's really really smart to spend mm-hmm. that first chunk okay. of time really getting to know the to university. So what do you think your next five months are gonna look like? Okay. There?
1: Well, one of the things that, that the executive team and I have been working on is really looking at the college's strategic plan Uh, we have a five-year strategic plan and we are mid-cycle of that plan so I want to be careful that I don't make drastic changes because Mm -hmm. we're mid-cycle in another year and a half we'll go through another Mm campus-wide planning process but we're really looking at that strategic plan we're looking to see uh, here again what are we doing well Mm -hmm. and are there gaps in our plan versus what we are actually doing at the college yeah. and then of course I brought some ideas and, and some thoughts that I want the, the college to consider as well mm-hmm. uh, but we're really refining that strategic plan so that way when we reconvene in August with a fall convocation uh, a part of that convocation that kickoff will be here's the roadmap for Jackson State mm-hmm. and this is part of our strategic plan yeah. and, and we've got really four major priorities that we will focus on uh, the yep. number one priority access mm-hmm. uh, we've got to provide access and, and that can come in multiple forms uh, typically you think of access as um, not only the main campus but the off-campus centers mm-hmm. uh, we've got centers in Humboldt Lexington and Savannah okay. this spring semester we opened a site in Paris in Henry County so we really want to look at our access component in Mm -hmm. terms of physical facilities we also want to provide access to academic programs to make sure that we're providing the programs that provide students with the skills that they need to go to work Mm -hmm. or to go to transfer yeah uh, to transfer to a four-year college and then with that with that access we want to provide access to support services whether it's library tutoring Mm -hmm. uh, veteran services Mm -hmm. Um, you know, those wraparound services that help those students complete
0: at yeah. Jackson. So I, I'm reading a book right now uh, by Senator Ben Sass. It's called The Vanishing American Adult. Very interesting book. Um, and one of the things he was talking about is the, the huge percentage of students coming into college, like 70% or something, are having to do remedial education. Yes. What is that do you see that at your school as well
1: well we do and and i will say this and i'm very proud of tennessee Mm -hmm. and i'm proud of the tennessee community colleges in that a couple of years ago and i say a couple now it's probably been three or four time Mm -hmm. flies i guess yeah uh but we really looked at the number of students who as they entered community colleges Mm how many actually required remedial developmental mm-hmm. and so we we looked at the high school the k-12 system and said what can we do to partner and so governor haslam supported what we call the sales initiative and it's okay. a seamless alignment integrated learning support It's a lot of words that's why we call it sales, yeah. SAILS. s-a-i-l-s <laughs> and that is basically we took a math learning support developmental course Uh and we're teaching that in the high school so the goal is that students who graduate from high school as many as possible will have any type of developmental coursework out of the way before Mm -hmm. they arrive at the community college Mm -hmm. so that has helped facilitate and reduce those needing uh, Mm -hmm. remedial or developmental education Mm -hmm. Uh, so we've had the sales program so that removed a barrier Mm -hmm. then we obviously have Tennessee Promise yeah so that removes a barrier Mm -hmm. a financial barrier and then once they arrive at the community college for some of the students historically five or ten years ago it might take them three semesters just to get through their developmental work Mm -hmm. so now what we have adopted across the system uh, it's not just Jackson State but it's the 13 community colleges Mm -hmm. It's called a co-requisite. And that's where students take their developmental and a college-level course together. Okay. And so at first you think, well, we're just going to plug two courses together, an English composition and a developmental writing. But the curriculum has been revised so that way they supplement each other. Um, So that way the students can actually take their developmental and their college-level course at the same time. The end result for the student who is successful, they will finish on time,, yeah uh, whereas historically, it might take them three semesters just to get, get through that development. Get caught time. up. Um, mm-hmm. So those are some of the, the I guess the initiatives yeah. that we've been working on within yeah. Tennessee mm-hmm. uh, to try to reduce those barriers, whether it's a financial barrier or an academic mm-hmm. barrier. Uh, and then provide a pathway so that students can finish faster. Yeah. Uh, not, not reducing quality, uh, but finish faster so that they can transfer or go to work.
0: Yeah. Well, let's head into the last segment where we talk about what's coming up for Jackson State. Okay. Uh, so from our front porch to yours, this is our Jackson home. And we're back with our Jackson home. I am joined with uh, joined today by Dr. Hamilton. She is the president of Jackson State Community College. So you started off your first five months with a lot of listening uh, to people inside the school and outside of the school. You know, what, what did you find that you were excited about through all those listening opportunities?
1: Okay. Um, well, and I will say I'm excited, but I will say that the campus is excited. Um, I discovered through all of the the focus groups that we have a campus that is student-centric, a student-centric philosophy. (laughs) Regardless of the focus group, uh, regardless of whether that individual had worked at the college 45 years or two months, uh, they were focused on students, they were focused on success. Uh, How can the students be successful? Mm-hmm. the college be successful and then ultimately how can we help the community be successful mm-hmm. so I'm excited about that and the college is excited yeah. about it uh, hey. oh, oh no I'm right. sorry they're, they're also uh, another thing that I discovered they're very proud of what we call quality programs and quality services mm-hmm. and quality credentials we've got some really good programs academic programs mm-hmm. uh, we've got some unique services um, that really help facilitate student success and then our credentialing of our faculty and our staff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about that because we're proud of, it's not we're just graduating students, but we've got quality program services and faculty
0: and staff. The, and and I hope Dr. Dub's not listening, but the rumor I've heard on the street that the, the nurses that are coming out the best right now are coming from Jackson State.
1: Well, of course, I'm a little partial <laughs> uh, to that statement, but when you do look at the college's NCLEX rate, and um, the college has had a nursing program for greater than 25 years, and uh, the NCLEX rate for 2016 graduates, I believe, was 100%.
0: Which is the test that they take to say you're qualified to yes, be a nurse. Yes, it, it is
1: the NCLEX RN, and okay. uh, uh, regardless of what nursing program it is, uh, the curriculum, everything is designed. Uh, so that that student will, will one graduate, but will also pass the nclex R and will be employable. Yeah. So uh, Of course I'm a little good. biased. Yeah on that one.
0: yeah. Well, that's what I've heard in the community. Mm-hmm. And so um, and that's a great thing because Jackson State's available to so many people because I honestly think this might be the golden age of community colleges in, in, in Tennessee because of the, the, the Tennessee promise. Can you go over the Tennessee uh, Promise just a little
1: bit? Well, I think it's the Golden Age, and, and this past the past five semesters, I've, I've I continue to use use the word transformational mm-hmm. uh, in Tennessee within the Tennessee Board of Regents and at Jackson State. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Tennessee Promise is obviously a last dollar scholarship for the high school graduates, but then a piece to that is also Tennessee Reconnect, okay. and that is the scholarship that will allow adults to return. Uh, to college. That but haven't
0: finished their degree. That have not finished. <laughs>
1: so, between the combination of the Tennessee Promise and the Tennessee Reconnect, uh, that is just a unique opportunity. Yeah. Uh,
0: uh, and are you seeing attendance? I would assume attendance is just peaking. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, currently, and, and I, I say our demographics will change, uh, and we predict that it will change somewhat. The, the average age of our student right now at Jackson is about 24, 25 years old. With Tennessee Reconnect, Mm -hmm. we are anticipating and expecting more of those adult students. So we expect our demographics to change. And so we are already having conversations on our campus that we cannot offer courses and programs in what we call a traditional format because we're now working with a working adults mm-hmm. so a traditional college student may be able to take classes between nine and two or ten and two mm-hmm. five days a week yeah. but we're really looking at our courses and our programs yeah. to, de- to determine okay how can we schedule how can we mm-hmm. provide these offerings so that adults can still work can yeah. still keep their job uh, whether it's part time or full time, and then return to Jackson State to complete a degree. Yeah,
0: education doesn't traditionally scale like a factory does. You know, factory, factory, yeah. you can just like add another line, and yeah. and so is there a limit to the number of students that you can have?
1: No. No, I mean uh, uh, I said last week that we're certainly not going to put a cap. We we obviously have room to grow. In in some of the scenarios, we will have to have some unique scheduling, some Mm -hmm. creative scheduling uh, for that to occur, Uh, but then we also have the three off-campus centers as well as a a new teaching site. Uh, So we want to bring that access to um, the citizens of our Mm -hmm. 14 county service area. Uh, so that way, they're not constantly driving to Jackson. They can take these classes there.
0: And and this is part of the Drive to Fifty Five. It
1: certainly is. It's part of the governor's initiative uh, as part of the Drive to Fifty Five,
0: which is to get fifty five percent of Tennesseans with a college or college or uh, career ready credentials. Yes, with
1: with a credential. Yes, and that can be from the uh, the Tennessee College of Applied Technology, mm-hmm. an associate, baccalaureate. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are typically the three areas.
0: And how many, how many people are you guys graduating a year?
1: Well, this past year, uh, in May of 2017, was our large, largest graduating class. We graduated around seven, 750. Okay. Um, and that was one of the largest classes that we have had. Mm-hmm. It's my understanding it yeah. is. Uh, we actually met, you talked about the life and times of a president. Uh-huh. We met this morning to debrief about our commencement in May to talk about what worked.
0: In May, Ooh.
1: Yeah. And we are planning for May 2018 and so we talked about what are some things that we can do that we can continue to work on this next year so that that special day for those students and those families yeah it really is a special day
0: absolutely well what uh, what do you see is in the future for Jackson State
1: okay well I see that Jackson State uh, is a very good school Uh, it's it's focused on student success College success and community success. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are 50 years old this year. Jackson mm-hmm. State will be celebrating 50 years. Began uh, as an institution in 1967. I go. had to think through I that. Was thinking, 19, I was 1967. To do that <laughs> we are 50 years old. So we are spending, we've had some special occasions already, mm-hmm. some soft launches. And then in the fall, we are going to have a celebration week, the week of September the 11th. And we're going to mm-hmm. reflect upon the past, the present, and the future. Uh, we're excited to be part of the community. I, I said during my interview that community is part of Jackson State Community College. In the name. So we want to serve the community. And uh, our four main focus areas um, that we will be moving forward with will be access. Uh, what we call student success, student completion. Mm-hmm. We not only want them to arrive at Jackson State, yeah. we want them to complete. Mm-hmm. Uh, we obviously want to maintain quality in everything we do and then to be as resourceful and efficient with state dollars and with our resources as we can be. Yeah. So those are the four priorities and moving forward. And with that, we're going to celebrate 50 years of uh, just providing educational program in West yeah. Tennessee.
0: 50 years and what the ninth month of your presidency yes
1: yes what an exciting
0: time to come in
1: yeah we we kicked it off uh in april not at the ballpark was sort of our announcement to the community that that we are celebrating 50 years Mm -hmm. and so we will have a celebration week uh, in september and then we will have various um, activities around the uh, Mm 50th and then that will culminate next may uh, at commencement okay because it'll be the graduating class.
0: Well, what an exciting time to get to be president of a community college. Well,
1: it is. I'm just, I, I say I'm very fortunate, but I feel like I'm very blessed to be here. And uh, Jackson State, the faculty, the staff, the administration, they've been so welcoming. The students have been welcoming. Mm-hmm. But I also want to say the community has been very welcoming and, and warming.
0: Well, Dr. Hamilton, thank you for helping to make Jackson a better place and choosing to call it home.
1: Well, thank you for having me. This has been a great opportunity, and uh, I've enjoyed it.
0: Today's podcast was hosted by Kevin Adelsberger. Our intro music was performed by Aaron Harden. It was recorded live at The Co. To find out more about The Co., visit their website at www.attheco.com. To find out more about R. Jackson Home and to read more about how amazing Jackson is, visit rjacksonhome.com.